0: Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: The Around the NFL Podcast. Featuring NFL Network's Greg (laughs) Rosenthal. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and yes, NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. He's back with us. What's up, boys?
2: Hey, Dan. What a time to be alive
1: and be back. feels like That's oh no. NFL networks <laughs> Greg Rosenthal I mean you're showing up on TV now in a full suit uh, you're one of them. you're one of them
2: That's not I mean what, what does that mean that you wear, you wear a suit, you're one of them. I was Please. looking
3: through my email yeah our work email yeah. on Monday, and the videos come across in their title oh my God, and two videos in a row come across with the words NFL networks Greg Rosenthal starting the sentence it was it, you know weighs in on Brock Osweiler or something you know
1: yeah <laughs> forget about like RVGP you're gonna be spinning RJVP off oh RJVP. you're gonna be spinning <laughs> off on your own it's just a matter of time now so many side projects this RVP um <laughs> <laughs> RVP the yeah I mean the shadowy league for you know they we like to work as a foursome the league figures they don't care So we're, again, as usual, fighting the good fight, even if it's within our own walls. We're back. We're here. We got a big time preview show on Thursday, which is good.
2: And we've got, uh, you know, the Sunday recap in the whole playoffs, you know, this week. It was a skilled attempt to divert. (laughs) Well, Well, yeah. (laughs) Uncomfortable.
1: I bet it is. But uh, no, it's great to have you back, Greg. Uh, And this is a action packed Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast podcast. uh, we have so much news to get through because, of course, the last time that we spoke with you was on Sunday, which was right before Black Monday, and now it is, eh, great Tuesday. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I
4: mean, know. I'd argue it wasn't really even much of a Black Monday. It was, it was you know, the axe Uh-oh. fell. Doug Welly.
1: What well, you about that's Doug Wally. Well, that's fair,
2: but I mean, the axe fell heavily on Sunday. Literally no one was fired on Black Monday. It all happened uh, Sunday.
1: Is that historic?
2: I, I believe so. Since it seems
1: I, like it's shifting in around. that
2: in that way though. You find out earlier and earlier.
1: But that doesn't mean there isn't a lot to talk about. So we will get through uh, uh, go through all the the big news around the league uh, uh, and then we will check in on a couple of things some house cleaning. I love doing house cleaning. <laughs> I love spring clean. I love actually cleaning my house. My wife finds that strange. Uh, I kind of a little OCD about it and that extends right to uh, being podcast host because I Time to clean house. What's going on with the fork? Let's mm. check in on the fork committee. Mm, yeah. How did we do this year? Oh, go get my lunch. Almost everything has gone fi- final now for the 2016 season. So we'll go through how everyone did uh, with their sandwich props, and also you know what's still hanging in the air as we head towards the final um, games of the 2016 season. And uh, and then at the end of the show, I know Mark, you have a, a score to settle with another member Ooh, of this company, so well, we'll, we'll handle that as well. Yes.
2: Mm. Get ready, Roger. Yeah.
1: Uh, but before we do any of that, we will check in behind the glass. Uh, she was once a woman of modest means and now money. Uh, it is no obstacle to her. She is new money. Hey, guys. Hi. How's your car doing? Oh, it's great. Yeah?
5: My name is Benarius Stormborn.
1: <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That was a Game of Thrones ref. It
5: was a
6: Game mm. of Thrones ref.
1: Come on, Greg. Sorry. What are you, I Gary think Myers, catch up with the pop culture terms. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Gary as well. I think it's admirable I'm that kidding. she continues to
4: show up to work because she doesn't need to. I mean right. you've gotten more than that. enough You've got
2: stacks of greenbacks all throughout your
0: house. I mean,
4: it's it.
2: This is a story that's taken a lot of hold. I had, uh, you know, a friend who listens to every episode. He was like, "What's the what's the new money thing?" I forget that if you miss like five minutes of just one show, it, it's sometimes hard to catch. That's up. That's why you don't miss anything. But he he could tell he, that you were a different person. Really. I like that Greg.
4: <laughs> he'll raise up straw man friends to complain about things that he doesn't <laughs> no. agree with.
1: I see that. I see that. Let's do some news. Oh, I can't believe big, it. Big Greg show. Damn right it is. <laughs> we'll start. Yes, you heard you heard this. The uh, sniveling there. The Brock Osweiler trained back on the tracks. The Texans decided or announced uh, on Tuesday, that Brock Osweiler will be under center against the Raiders this Saturday for their wild card playoff game. Bill O'Brien made the, de- the decision, and really it was not a decision because uh, Tom Savage is in the concussion protocol, or Nick's, Nick Cage, one or the other, in concussion <laughs> protocol. So that left them on a short week with no choice, really, but to start Osweiler uh, and, uh, you know, listen, Greg, let's start here. You are heading to Ooh, yeah. um, Houston for this Raiders-Texans game. Goosebumps. That's right. And you will see Brock Osweiler facing off against Connor Cook, who is also uh, – the news came out today, according to Rap Sheet, that Connor Cook, not Matt McGloin, who uh, messed up his shoulder last week, is expected to start. Cook, Osweiler, feel the power.
2: It It's crazy that the first show after – you know, Black Monday. That Brock Osweiler is leading the show. This guy who we thought was out of our lives, and we were excited that it, okay, if the Texans are going to make the playoffs, at least we got Tom Savage to look forward to. And now, and now he's back, and it's it's a little depressing. But I, I kind of think this is to me more exciting or better than. And we'll talk about it Thursday, than than Texans, Bengals, or some of these other Chiefs. Bengals that have nothing. Sell it, Greg. This is almost so ridiculous, kind of like I like bad football games sometimes. There's a certain point where it's so insane that Connor Cook is starting against this disaster Osweiler in a playoff game that it's almost a little fun. They're sending the right guy. (laughs) This
3: is
1: outrageous. (laughs)
3: Wesleyan's kind of fun. All year I look forward to the first afternoon of wild card weekend for Wesleyan's. I can get in a bar with the normal people and watch a football game. I don't have to take notes. I don't have to cover it. And I get stuck being off to watch a game that would be like the 14th best game in week seven of a normal season.
1: It is. I mean, there's always usually one game in the, in the in the playoffs that first weekend where you could, unless you're you work for the NFL or you're a hardcore fan, you could skip it because that team that wins, the team that loses, they weren't even. This really is better a than Panthers versus Ryan
2: Lindley. The, the I team just mean it like gets something. wiped out the
1: next week. So the, and this is that game. There is no Super Bowl winner or, or or participant coming out of this game. Greg,
4: I kind of disagree. That Panthers Lindley game had the early makings of a Bruce Arians Cardinals team that was beginning to find out what they were, and a Panthers team that had surged into the playoffs. I I see two teams here. Couldn't agree more with Wes. I I have to be at work during this, so I will. Otherwise, I would probably have lined up 15 to 20 other activities to do, many of them unpleasant. I mean, this was, you know...
1: 15 to 20 unpleasant activities. Sure.
4: Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. The driveway. You need to dump trash all over the driveway yourself, then clean it up.
2: (laughs) That's
1: very unpleasant. I mean,
2: this is, this is, it's such a weird thing. It's the, it's the first playoff game without playoff implications. Like, it's yeah. there's there's continue to sell this, this game to our preview. No, the this, game, is, but, I mean, yeah. it's the first play. you know, because neither of these teams are going anywhere. So it doesn't really matter for the rest. of it. I think if the Raiders won this game and you're right, we're, we can preview it later. The fact that Connor Cook starting he expected showed, to start expected to start, he showed a little something. And if if the Raiders could somehow go in there, get a win where Connor Cook looks a little frisky, Th- to me, that's a little f- – that's bit. fun. They get their first There's win in 14 unknown. years. And the, me- and the mess of Osweiler in Houston, that's a little more interesting too if that happens. So that could be well, fun. Well, you
1: then get – uh, meanwhile, on the throne of ease, you get Connor Cook coming up to New England for a prime well,
2: time. Who lineup. knows? Maybe maybe that that's how they get their revenge for the tuck roll game. Yeah, oh. well, the Patriots. Michigan State
4: I instead dare you.
1: of Michigan. Right. The, the Patriots historically very
4: much struggle against rookie quarterbacks. So that in is their own building, you are right. Yeah.
1: In the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and Wes, again, I, I do feel bad for you because now it's the, it, the reality is really coming into focus. There is no West of us this year.
3: No, and who knows if there ever will be again. Whoa. I mean, this. I went through the '90s with this team. They could go decades without reaching the postseason.
1: Well, there's two ways West of Us ends. They they stop going to the playoffs, or they actually win a game in the playoffs. Well, I'm not worried about yeah. that.
3: No. Oh. Well, there's a <laughs>
2: yeah. there's a third way, which. It relates to Mark's sandwich proposition that there will be no Super Bowl fifty one true. And who yeah. really knows if what's coming after that? That's that's absolutely correct, Rick.
1: All right, let's move on. Uh, one of the uh, press conferences, a lot of uh, several notable press conferences on Black Monday. That was like the big uh, new storylines coming out of the day. One at a Denver where Gary Kubiak, uh, eleven months ago, was hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, now his career is over. He uh, announced his retirement due to health issues, uh, and uh, he said, "I, you know, nice little Mark. You weren't that a big a fan of Kubiac's presser. Well, pre-production meeting.
4: <laughs> I'll let you set up. I'll, I'll explain. Yeah. But it's but it's, yeah.
1: Uh, in listening to it uh, in pr- preparation for this podcast, had some nice moments, like when he talked about how John
0: Elway changed the trajectory of the end of his career. We all have had our bosses." We have a hard time talking to. Well, he's my boss. But we sat down and we talked well into the night. And I, you know, one of the things I I remember telling him, I said, you know, Wood, I said, uh, two years ago I was in Baltimore and I'd made a decision. I said, you know what, I'm going to coach for a few more years and be a coordinator, enjoy this. And I said, damn it, you picked up the phone and called me. Why'd you call me? You know, (laughs) but thank God he did. Thank God he did. Did he call LA Wood?
1: Is that did I miss? I didn't is hear that, that a that. Texas some type of draw? But I don't. Know, I thought maybe not sure of the nickname. Wood right. Elway,
4: what Hollywood a, Elway? I mean, there's no attachment to Hollywood with John
1: Elway, so I don't know. So Kubiak out uh, after two years on the job, correct? And and the Super Bowl win this year did not go to plan, but uh, at the end of the day, another great move by John Elway because Kubiak was the right man for the job last year.
4: Yeah, I I had no problem with Kubiak. I think actually, you know, we've been around Kubiak a bunch at the Super Bowl and at, at owner's meetings, and I think he's he is as advertised. He's a total salt-of-the-earth coach that players look up to him as a father figure and fellow coaches love. My complaint is more with the fact that it was tucked into a morning with like 48 nonsensical pressers, and I just don't think that these some of these press conferences are really the best way to say goodbye to someone. It's it's it was an annoyance with the event <laughs> not with Kubiak. Kubiak deserved better in my opinion.
2: What does that even mean? Oh, I mean, he got to Well, it see. means what I just said. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It means you, exactly you what in I a just bad said. You dude, you didn't want to see, you know, but it was sentimental. It was very emotional. Uh, you know, you did you did think how it was nice. You know, sometimes it's always not about nice guys getting nice things happen to them in the NFL. This story that he was it sounded like a guy who maybe has his Football versus life priorities a little more in line than some NFL head coaches. And the fact that he probably had it in his head. Maybe I'm not going to coach forever. The fact fact that he got to go back, the backup quarterback of John Elway, and now working for John Elway and win a Super Bowl. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Such a
3: neat story. And and to be a fly on that wall, the quote that you played where they're having that meeting – the end of the year meeting, to assess where Kubiak's going to go with one of your best friends of the last 30 or 40 years, a guy that you won titles with as a player, and then you won a title as an assistant coach, and now you won a title as a head coach with him? I mean, that's that's a lot of looking back on your glory days. I mean, I remember watching those
4: Broncos teams, and they'd constantly cut to Kubiak on the sideline, and they have been friends, and remember why he brought Kubiak in off of the John Foss experience was trust and friendship. And a lot of times those
2: things don't work out. So uh, and, their, you know. and their offense didn't wasn't great the last two years, but I think Kubiak's ability to engineer a running game and get what he could out of a, a falling apart Peyton Manning was a big reason they won this. And
1: hats off to Gary Kubiak's hair that even through all the health woes. <laughs> And all the years, of father time, never changed color. Always jet black, <laughs> always styled the same way and the same amount of follicles, thousands and thousands of follicles. I'll never forget Gary Kubiak's hair. Hair what? recognizes hair. The hair recognizes hair. Wes. Yes. Little win Wes's toaster trivia for you. Uh-oh. Seven coaches in the NFL have left their team within one season of winning a Super Bowl title. Give me four. No. No?
3: Don't care.
4: I'll give you one at least. He can't. Bill, that's
1: that means he doesn't know the answer. Bill Walsh. No, I don't care. Bill Walsh. Bill
4: Parcells. It's about me. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson.
1: You're broke. You're a broken man. And, and in how trivia. about
4: Barry Switzer? No, just like
3: it.
2: No, you had
3: the there. No, the reason why just, I stopped caring ignored. about Win West's toaster because it, because of Damashek's whole thing where it was absolutely true. There's a difference between trivial and mm-hmm. trivia, and we were descending into trivial.
1: Too this long. you're you're Ronda Rousey. You've been broken at some point, and now you're afraid to do trivia anymore. Yeah, but I kicked a lot of ass when I was on top. You did. You did. Anyway, Mark, (laughs) you had three there, I believe. Yeah. Bill Cower, Dick Vermeule, Jimmy Johnson, who was the only one fired, Joe Gibbs, Bill Parcells, Bill Walsh, and Vince Lombardi.
4: I was in Australia uh, and picked up a copy of USA Today in 1994, I believe, when uh, Jimmy Johnson was canned, and I thought it was a joke. I mean, back then there was no, obviously, no internet. I thought they, these guys, yeah. don't know how to report football. This is some international version <laughs>
2: of USA Today, but it was real. Yeah. See, uh, two, two quick things. I know we want to move. Yes. In. Elwood, is uh, Kubiak's nickname for John Elway. Oh, there
3: you go.
1: And he broke it down to wood, or and maybe he, he was shortening
2: L. to wood. So there you go. And uh, probably
1: because of Hollywood, I would think, because he was like the pretty well, big superstar Elway Elwood. Mm, yeah. I Not would, a pretty boy. I
3: would but. guess it's a Blues Brothers reference.
1: Mm. Oh God. I hate Blues Brothers. Uncle, then, <laughs> uncle movies for the ages.
3: You're preaching to the choir on that.
1: Animal one. House, Blues Brothers. No, Animal Cadd House Shack, is a good movie. Caddyshack. Blues Brothers
3: is Uncle. You're no longer preaching
4: to
1: the choir. <laughs> you
3: got to separate Caddyshack <laughs> and Animal House from Blues Brothers.
1: It's a triple feature for the Uncle ages. Caddyshack. No, Blazing Blues Saddles
3: is Uncle humor.
1: An animal, an uncle triple
4: feature. I don't know how often uncles watch three movies in a row, but we
1: will save this for the uncle podcast, (laughs) uncle humor podcast. In the in the off season, let's move on to a uh, some grim press conferences, which I love. They're my favorite. (laughs) Starting with Doug Whaley. Uh, who really uh, took a beating uh, in his end-of-year presser. Of course, he gets to keep his job um, while Rex Ryan is now unemployed, and you know, people are asking questions. And one of the questions that reporters had uh, was uh, regarding the specifics of Rex Ryan's firing.
0: We just finished our weekly phone conversation with, with Terry, myself, and Rex. Terry Pegula. Uh, Rex asked to speak to him privately.
3: After that, I was informed um, that Rex would no longer be our coach. I wasn't privy to the conversation, so I cannot get into those details.
1: Okay. That's obviously a bad look that the GM is saying that he had no uh, connection to the dismissal of the head coach, uh, and that got reporters up in arms, getting a little bit feisty uh, starting here.
0: Was your input sought by your owner on the firing of Rex or wasn't it? I don't want to know whether you're privy to a single conversation. <laughs> no. I want to know if you had input into that decision whatsoever. No, no.
1: Did I mention that the reporters were feisty?
0: It wasn't your decision to fire the head
3: coach, even though you're the general manager. Was it your decision to bring on Anthony Lynn as? It would. Who made that call? I'm just I, trying to figure okay. out what the chain of command. Is I'm honestly trying to figure out what
0: you do for a living, despite your your job title. Okay. Hey, yeah, I'd like to know what
3: you do. All right, can I answer? Yeah,
5: go ahead <laughs>
1: That's that's brutal. By the way, this is why journalism is important. Uh, reporters they should be the voice of the people and the voice of Bills fans, demanding answers for what's going on inside that building. And Whaley got uh, roasted, uh, which could not have been fun for him, but he kind of deserved it.
2: He did, and and you can say like he's just not great with the media or whatever. He seems so annoying. That would be true, right? Which would which would be true. But ultimately, it matters because the Bills are trying to present to prospective coaches in the rest of the league a competent organization and whether it's just bad PR or just terrible management which I'd lean towards the latter they're presenting an image of an organization where they're not all on the same page
4: yeah I thought you can't assume that someone that's good at scouting players and building a roster is going to be a good front-facing mouthpiece but it goes hand-in-hand hand these days, or you don't put them out there. This at least had something to do with Terry Pagula having to go stage an exclusive interview with the Associated Press later in the day to not to say the team is not a dysfunctional disaster and to go into detail about what happened with Rex Ryan, basically to clean up the mess. Right. We're and,
1: busting our asses every day.
4: Absolutely, and I will say that, yes, they were feisty, those the, the journalists in there, but like Tim Graham, for instance, and Vic Carucci, I think that they're absolutely right to say, we don't know know what Doug Whaley's actual job description is because as they pointed out he is closer to like an HR type person than he is an actual functioning GM when his you're not job claiming, is keeping
2: his job that's what he's good at
4: but he's it, it's like he's not taking ownership over stuff that clearly a general manager would have a huge hand in
1: and either he's he's so bad at his job that they're keeping him there as a figurehead and he's not making decisions or he took a job where he had no power and that was a terrible decision either way it's a bad luck well or he's
2: i I would lean towards a third option which is he's mostly just lying and obfuscating to the media and not telling the truth and he's, but then he's
1: putting on ownership which would be a risky move i would think
2: Or I think he's just almost trying to be so vague to not answer anything, and then you get caught in lies. I mean, but that's actually a skill, and he's not good at that either. Right. I want to just read quickly different headlines from the Buffalo News right now. (laughs) A new low point for Pagula Bills. Here's another one: hosing down the dumpster fire along One Bills Drive, (laughs) and then (laughs) here's another one. This is all the same day. What if Doug Whaley wasn't lying and his press conference was a cry for
1: help? (laughs) <laughs> that's know, a
2: headline. That's a that's a headline. That, right again, there, that's yeah. journalism
1: doing your job as a reporter speaking for the people and and you know what this is? This is 17 years without going to the playoffs and the the idea and it seems like a, an idea that has some legs that things are not any better and yeah. they're not going in the right direction after 17 straight years not playing in January.
4: I think we know this following bad teams and so does West growing up that there is a huge faction, well, there is a faction of Bills fans that go at these journalists for being tough on Whaley. I saw it all yesterday where they were killing these guys for asking tough questions of the general manager. That is what their job
3: is, and they're trying to do it for the fans. Right. I, As someone who grew up in the 90s with the Bengals and a high degree of ineptitude, I'll save my opinion for this next franchise coming up.
1: All right, and let's move on. There's <laughs> a nice a segue to the San Francisco 49ers who, uh, as we know, over the weekend canned both uh, general manager Trent Balky and head coach Chip Kelly after one year for Chip. And, in fact, there's now, there have been four coaches in four years uh, once they hire. Uh, uh, well, has it been four in the last four years, or will this be the fourth? This
2: four will years? be the fourth. And it's the third straight year they fired someone.
1: Right, so four in four years, which led to one intrepid journo up in the Bay Area to ask Jed York, the team CEO, uh, what makes him qualified to be overseeing another hire after things have gone so terribly in recent years.
0: I own this football team. You don't dismiss owners. I, I'm sorry that that's the facts and that's the case, but that's the fact. And I'm going to do everything that I can to get this right. This isn't about a business and running an operation to make money. We're making sure that we're doing everything that we can to reestablish this culture. Wes?
3: It's a little off-putting when I get tweets on an almost daily basis from people who are fans of franchises, and they don't like a move they've made, or they don't like a loss they're coming off of, and they say, I'm ready to do what you did and just give up my team. It's off-putting because what the Bengals went through in the 90s is so far above and beyond what any team goes through now as far as ineptitude. The 49ers, since I've been covering the NFL right now, the past four years, are as close to the 1990s Bengals as any organization. Mm. Four coaches in four years they're going to have? And this guy, if you want to be generous, say he's learning on the job, Jed York. If you don't want to be generous... Say, I'm scared of who he's going to hire next. Well, and
2: it's very well said. And you know who was by far the biggest mess, I would say, of any organization in the 90s? It was the San Francisco Forty ers Well, the I mean, Bengals. not the nineties, the two thousands. Sorry, oh, okay. the two thousands, the mid two thousands. In terms of ownership, and there was there was changing, and it was very complicated. But it, it was ultimately all the same family or variations of the same family. When it was Mike Nolan and Dennis Erickson and Singletary and crazy things happening in the front office and disagreement. It's all the same. It's all the same group. So it's a continuation, and that's why if I was a 49ers fan, I think you'd uh, like you said, I think you'd be. You'd have some reason to put together a little dossier
3: and, you, and leave them. Yeah, dossier. How how far do you have to dig out of this hole that you're in right now? You can look at a team like the Titans and say, you know, they were 2 and 14 last year, but they had Mariota and they had that trade chip because they had a franchise quarterback. They could turn that chip into a bunch of more draft picks. The 49ers have none of that. They have no nucleus, they have no general manager, they have no coach, they have no infrastructure. The hole that they've dug for themselves is
4: huge, yeah, and it's like a five-year hole. And it goes back to stuff that Bill Belichick, you know, you know, tediously maybe some may think, but he talks about the fact that you don't take jobs when ownership is a major concern. And a lot of a lot of uh, Bill Belichick so-called disciples have turned down interviews with certain teams when they don't trust. The ownership that's out there, and I don't know how you sell the 49ers if you're York right now. He says, "Oh, we're not out to make money." Well, of course you're not, because you're now paying what nearly 70 million dollars to a crew of fired people. That is that, an unfathomable number. It's it's unbelievable. But they're you know, I would I think we've been easy on the Browns. They've done the very much the same thing where they're paying they were paying Chadinski for three different jobs at one point.
2: Well, <laughs> but it's yes, it, yes. Well, they they do have interviews set up with Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario. So I think what yet. Jed York can sell now is we will get out of the way of maybe a tandem. So I've thought about it. They have the worst roster in the league, but the more I think about it, I'd rather have the 49ers job than the, than the bills because the 49ers don't have Doug Whaley. And, and, and at least, it, it seems obvious, but Jed York basically apologized. To, well, I guess I should have known, you know, pairing Trent Baalke, who's really defensive-minded, with Chip Kelly, who's offensive-minded. And, the, you know, that maybe that wasn't a great idea. Like, I, I don't know why it took you that Thanks. long to figure that well, out. Well, you're, you're also assuming but, that he's caught up to speed. I think he he's, he's continuing to learn on the fly. It I surprises think, me that you
3: said that, Greg. I would much rather have the Bills job.
2: Well, I'm just thinking, if, for instance, if you were Josh McDaniels and you could go there with Nick Casario, or if you're another coach who can go there with a the GM they believe in. That's better than still any starts, job with Doug Whaley.
3: Still starts at the top.
1: Um, one more point about the 49ers is how quickly things changed. From 2011 through 2013, they went to the NFL's equivalent of the Final Four all three years, almost won a Super Bowl, and lost 11 games in three years under Harbaugh. Uh, since then, 8-8, eight and eight, got rid of Harbaugh, 5-11, and 2-14, and, and now this is where they are.
2: And In one of the uh, reported interviews – or GM Lewis Riddick of ESPN, okay. I always, I always kind of love it when media guys like, like when there was the Mayock interviewing with the Raiders type of
3: thing. You know, that's
1: always, oh,
2: oh, got t- you a little I,
3: juice. For, though, former great. player too. D- Daniel Jeremiah interviewed. I was going to say with... our pal Daniel Jeremiah in the early days of Twitter had a great Twitter account. We were sorry to see move the sticks leave to go see, go into some front offices, but
1: now it's back. And I think he does a podcast, but I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, moving on, Sean Payton. It's that time of year, uh, you know, Christmas, New Year's. Sean Payton connected to another job other than the Saints. <laughs> uh, he shot down those uh, rumors on some level uh, this week. On Monday, uh, said that the, any conversation that had been reported on about a conversation with general manager Mickey Loomis after the season finale um, uh, calling that completely false—that it, w- it had something to do with his future. That's something they that do after every road game. And then he uh, told the room of reporters, "We're not going to address rumors, reports. If w- if we answer those every time, it would be silly. My plan is to definitely be back here. I have four years left on my contract in my little briefcase. He didn't say that, and I plan on honoring that.
4: I think it's the at least the second, if not the third year in a row." where I, it was my turn to write a story, and, this, and it was the Sean Payton, you know, g- cannot believe that this gossip is out there about <laughs> him. And, I mean, it's certainly, I think we've pegged it as agent-driven in the past. And all I'll say is this, because it's the same stuff we've said every other time. He can keep saying this stuff boils up out of thin air. The people inside that organization who know him well, they know if that's true or not. I, it doesn't matter if we know if it's true or not. They know Sean Payton, and he's got to walk around that building and look his players and his fellow personnel people in the face, and and walk, and then talk go, go out and say none of this is true. I it doesn't ring true to me.
1: And um, in other coaching news, Chuck Pagano uh, still has a job. Some people surprised about that. Uh, he was asked if he uh, uh, if he expects a change and uh, losing his gig. He said no. And then a reporter followed. This is based on your confidence, and he re- replied, "I just look at things, and it's always half full, and I don't have any reason to believe why I wouldn't be." Your thoughts, Greg? I would be worried about Chuck Pagano
2: if I was a f- friend or a Colts <laughs> what fan. What are you getting at? When you watch go watch the beginning of his press conference yesterday it was a rambling oh, wow. tired exhausted over 1500 word 13 minute
1: 13 minutes
2: s- some, somewhat incoherent thing where he just seemed tired and then i think it it looked like a guy who didn't know if he was going to keep his job yet and and just the whole thing was wearing on him and they and then i thought a key moment was they asked him about was well, this a better than 8 and 8 talent on the roster and he just said he just was like, "Well, that that's an interesting question," and then he just kind of paused and like looked off in the into the distance and never really answered it. Oh well, that's because he's thinking: is it really worth getting into it with Grigson again for an entire? <laughs> well, All only- just the whole. I think we're gonna have one more move, whether it's a crazy coach trade. You know, Ian had kind of slid it into a Sean Payton article that maybe the Chargers could be interested in Ron Rivera at some point, or whether it's Pagano. I still feel like there's going to be one more domino. The one thing I will say in
4: Pagano's favor, what made it tough for him, was that he had yet to meet with Ursay. Right. And that, why would you have that be the order of things where you have to go face... A pretty riled up press corps asking about all this stuff, but you can't really say for sure I have the confidence of my owner or we're going to be back because you don't know. And, and I think that'd be very tough to
2: answer those questions. Right. And, and one of the questions was, well, why, why do you think that you, you have what it takes? Like, why do you think this team ha- has what it takes, you know, after this disappointing year? And he goes, well, you saw it yesterday, that comeback. Like, yes, that comeback against the Doug Marone 3-13 Jaguars. That was what he said. He said, that's my proof. Hey, those Doug Marone Jaguars are tough.
1: (laughs) By the way, you know who laughs at the 15-minute opening uh, to Chuck Pagano's press conference? Who? John Idzik. Wherever you are, John, 19 minutes minutes and 13 (laughs) seconds, his infamous uh, midseason press conference in 2014. Beat it. Who can get it?
3: 1913.
4: A
1: filibustering glacier. Yeah. An ice structure
3: that filibusters. Was it just him up there moving the beads (laughs) on his abacus back and forth?
1: (laughs) Basically. Uh, Speaking of the Jets, offensive coordinator Chan Gailey announced his retirement. You could read the tea leaves on this one. He gave some uh, statements last week leading uh, up to this, that he he didn't think he was going to be involved with the Jets going forward. This comes one year after the Jets had a top-ten offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, but as we all know, everything changed for New York this season. Just the uh, start of the bloodletting under Todd Bowles, who keeps his job, quarterbacks coach Kevin Petulo, running backs coach Marcel Schiff, defensive line coach Pepper Johnson, the outside linebackers coach, the defensive backs coach, all that go. Uh, the team did hold on to, at this point, defensive coordinator Casey Rogers. Uh, but uh, obviously when this stuff happens, when they decide to keep the coach who's on the bubble, it's always the assistants that get whacked uh, because the ownership de- uh, demands some type of changes or general manager, and that's what happened here. And uh, the uh, another former Jet, uh, coach, Marty Mortingwig, who was the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, he will remain in that position. Mark, does that surprise you? Well, it
4: does because there were strong, you know, hints and rumors that Greg Roman potentially. Uh, you know, I guess a friend of the Harbaughs you know bait, dating to his time with jim Harbaugh Best was friends. W- was linked to that job, and then they stuck with marty but the, but I find it funny that the jets it, this is how these guys circle around the league so much that someone that wasn 't good enough for the jets a couple years ago now is good enough for a very consistent forward thinking ravens team so i mm. i can't i can 't offer a question the only thing i 'd say about bowls is there are other coaches in the league that would have uh not allowed that to happen that would have walked out of a job before they fired half their staff if not more than their staff
1: well you also have to know whether he I don't, i'm back. just saying
4: that there are there are, sometimes those stalemates lead to the yes, coach leaving sometimes
2: But well, you know we should uh you know say, say goodbye jan jan gailey great career nice some nice fun one. offenses was uh... great career Court, yeah. As a as a co- as a coach, I mean, you're starting at the bottom. Coached uh, a couple Super Bowl teams in Denver as an offensive coordinator. I mean, he Dallas, goes back. Right? Denver. Oh, really? He he was the coordinator of the Elway, like the end of the Elway era. Maybe it was just one one of the Super Bowls they lost. He was the coordinator of the Steelers in the mid '90s when they won some playoff games. You know, just
1: kind of.
3: He turned Tyler Thigpen into a quarterback (laughs) one season. he did some things. Basically brought the pistol to the NFL. Uh,
1: Finally, the New York Giants, uh, you know, a little bit of controversy around them because after Sunday's game against the Redskins, several wide receivers, including Odell Beckham Jr. and Victor Cruz, flew to Miami to party with Justin Bieber, Trey Songz, Johnny Manziel was in the building. Really? Yep, he was in the club, and uh, that led to uh, you know, as you can I- a as you can imagine, uh, a bulletin board material. I would think uh, people would get excited. Oh, the Packers! Though they see these guys partying before the big playoff game, and West, there was uh, you know some people that agreed this was the wrong thing for Odell and Company to do.
3: Well, first of all, you know, you hold up the Buffalo media for the great job they've done in finding out you know what the fans want, getting answers. The New York media. For two years, has made it its job to take the best player on that team, and every time he does anything, turn it into a controversy to the extent that they were actually suggesting trading him in October, which seems silly now. And now, put a name York, to it. Who said that? There was all kinds of people in New Goodness. York saying. I don't know exactly who said it at the time, but this Gary Myers article today is ridiculous. <laughs> suggesting that because Eli Manning is studying tape and these guys are doing something on an off day, which they are free to do on an off day, what happened if the trip turned into Gilligan's Island and the White Oats got stranded? This, this is in the article.
1: Gary, it's 2017. No more Gilligan's Island refs. The show <laughs> went off the air literally like 38 years ago. The
3: suggestion yeah, that... Eli Manning is Man. studying tape while these guys are out partying. Look, the only reason Eli Manning is playing this week is because Odell, Be- <laughs> Odell Beckham carried him into January. The uh, uh, it this is I mean, it, just, it, <laughs> it bothers me using a transcendent talent like Odell Beckham to catch passes from the 2016 version of Eli Manning is like hanging a Van Gogh in your garage. I'm not, su- I'm not just. I'm surprised at all that. I love
1: like, that this turned into an Eli Bash session, but I I'm not surprised. Well, at when, all. Hey, when a
3: columnist has a hack take, right. like Eli Manning studying tape.
2: Give me a break. Well, the Eli <laughs> did the first thing uh, all season that you would have enjoyed, Chris, when he was asked about this, saying he was only disappointed they didn't pack better. And then when they tried to press him even more, he was like, come on, give me a break. They, I they, thought Eli handled going it. going out in New York. I thought Eli handled it beautifully.
4: They didn't invite Eli Manning. That's the concerning bit uh, for me. Well, there were several
3: concerning things about it. Why, why is Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber involved? I mean, but I'm that's not what saying these they're... guys do now. I, I just think like you. I'm can't, I'm not defending you know... their choice in people to hang out with or whatever, but it's their off
2: day. You don't want to bring Eli. I'd that's like, like to know. It's what... like bringing dad. Yeah, like bringing bring... dad to the bachelor party.
3: I'd if like to like, like, how how know what you... Gary Myers is doing on his off days when he's not becoming a better writer.
1: Oof. Whoa!
5: Woo! <laughs> wow!
1: By the way, we'll get Gary on the show on Thursday, uh, on uh, April seventeenth. Of uh, this year, it will mark the 50th anniversary of Kilgans Island going off the air. Oh wow! CBS, it lived on in syndication, but uh, the show it did. off the air 50 years ago this April. Marianne
4: has made well more money than the four of us put together.
1: That's uh what's happening in the news.
4: I did want to mention something. uh Wes and I, we went out to dinner last night. Celebrated uh, and Greg. Celebrated. Greg as well. Well, this is this is this is Wes centric. So I didn't mean Uh-oh. to leave me out. But we celebrated Colleen's birthday with her well, husband you know, and a you, few you others. Making it sound
1: like I Dan it was wasn't unable invited. to go. All right, this yeah. was a
4: clunky way to get into this, yeah. but I, I I wanted to uh, you know go speak with Wes about it when 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 I got into work today, and he had got up from his desk, and I found on his on on his desk a a piece of paper, and it in this. This threw me because essentially it was a window into the fact that Wes uses Craigslist um, to look for services, find services, offer services, and advice. Uh, he had created what? what I think is a Craigslist ad. Who's Craig? What does this have to do with last night? I guess we'll find Well, that. I just want to read what it was. I, it was probably improper for me to take yeah. it, but let me read it. Here go we ahead. go. All right. It goes like this. Sorry, Wes. Uh, Dear people of Craigslist and to all with ears, let me regale you as I share a personal dream of mine. Perhaps it will be your dream, too. Here it goes. Since I was a little boy in Cincinnati, Ohio, I've always wanted to be part of a singing barbershop quartet. (laughs) Here's the problem, though. Most of the half-baked quasi-form quartets here in Los Angeles are essentially nothing more than hipster types doing it for effect alone and not for the music. In other words, clowns. Do they yearn to gather with a group of fine singing gents to wax lyrically about the Suwannee River? Do they regularly join with four or five other fellows crooning and belting out tunes for well-dressed people in the city square? Negative. Do they dream of shifting seamlessly from old-timey hits like Alexander's Ragtime Band to Shine on Harvest Moon to my personal favorite, Genie with the Light Brown Hair? They do not. But I know that's what I'm meant to do. The one issue, of course, is money. I need someone who can lend Uh a hand with managing the tremendous funds and expenses that come with building and producing a large-scale singing troupe that will perform in barber's clothing and woven hats along the sea. I'm just not sure who can help with those kinds of questions. Sign up for Mr. Flame's high school economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, today at www.flameclass.com.
1: You always wonder when it's going to hook around to... The flame hook, and right? It always catches me just a little bit by surprise.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm it, concerned for it. Wes. It would be a, it, an expensive endeavor for West because he'd have to start with singing lessons. Not a guy He's known deaf. for his He said it. He's open pipes. about it.
4: That's
3: why I think you want to do things that you maybe don't. That don't come easily to us. I would rather dump garbage onto your garage, onto your driveway, and then go pick it up <laughs>
1: than sing in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I don't buy a word of it. Um. So there you have it. Let's move on. And uh, yeah, it's time to uh, finish for the 2016 season our look at the uh, fork committee. We convene one last time.
6: Stick a fork in them.
1: All right, guys, here are the teams that we forked. Let's find out if we were right the New York Jets, the New Orleans Saints, feeling good. Jacksonville Jaguars, Cleveland Browns, gutsy. Chicago Bears, San Francisco 49ers, a lot of bad teams. Arizona Cardinals, Cincinnati Bengals, Carolina Panthers, and the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Nine for nine. What does that say? We weren't <laughs> celebration.
3: I think it's. I think it says something negative.
1: It might. I We've kind weren't of agree. With you. Enough. Well we agree. didn't
2: we didn't do the exercise the same way, which I was fine with. We stopped it way before we have in previous years. No, usually we stopped at the same exact time. We we usually no that some years we were going up to week thirteen, week fourteen. Uh, well I've heard it last year. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, maybe last year. <laughs> last year we cut we had to cut it off at the same time, but maybe a little pl- too safe. Uh, and and we're the big winners, I guess, because there's no uh we're not giving any money to charity yeah it's uh
4: it's a it's an interesting dynamic one another way to look at that charity is the big loser that's never good mm. yeah. does the does the segment get forked a year from now i guess we can oh, we decide. just got to man
1: up a little bit i think we did yeah. play it a little safe this year i, I agree yeah uh, going nine for no- now if we would have we twice nominated the dolphins dolphins made the playoffs that would have banged us. So Look, you, the, only little reason, risky there.
3: the only reason we stayed perfect is because you stuck up for the and, Dolphins twice. Yeah, I so
4: wish the I ne- was wrong. the but. needy and you know those with, with issues down in the Miami area that might have profited <laughs> from a, us contributing to a charity have you to think. Yeah, come at, at Dan Hansis on Twitter.
1: Come at me, <laughs> South Florida. Vagrants. All right. Let's move on now. Vaker. And uh, it's time to dig in. More housekeeping. Go get my lunch. Go get my lunch. Yes, another year in the books. How long we've we been doing this, Greg?
2: This is our fourth season. Our fourth we've been season. Doing go get my lunch the whole time.
1: Of lunch props. Same and
2: thing with uh, stick a fork in them. Might so need to freshen days. up these bits. So <laughs> you,
4: many, know? Yeah. you know, you <laughs> know, think...
1: Greg
2: has a friend suggesting that. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> There's there is a a thin line between tradition and repetition, yeah. and
2: I like go get my lunch. Stick a fork. I could lose it. Okay, I know you don't like it when we bring these
3: things up.
1: No, I like if you're going to say things like that, you should bring up what's. <laughs> this is what we should do instead.
3: Okay, Greg, the segment killer Rosenthal.
4: Yeah,
1: some suggestions on new segments would be great, along with killing things. Greg wants a four-minute
4: podcast, and then sixty minutes of dead Think air. Of where other segments it. would Think have of
1: gone. of I did it at my old job. Greg's at. Well, I don't even. know it's like it's about me, Greg Rosenthal edition. Well, I don't. Even, what are you saying? I started it, so I get to kill it. Is that what you're going at? Oh, that's a good way to hmm. like that. That wasn't what I was thinking. I, let's do a little
4: Greg lunch. is slowly Stop. rounding into form with exactly. this newfound power. It's fantastic to you watch.
1: You are very much networked now. This
2: isn't new. What's
3: going on in the green room these
1: days? <laughs> yeah, what happens in there? <laughs> What's the uh, buffet like there? It's delicious. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, let's go through the props. Some of them we we touched on uh, halfway through the season, but I'll just quickly go through all of them. Uh, we'll start with Christoph Wessling. Um, according to this, he's 11-13, and, 13, and uh, we already went over Kristen Michael and September 2016 as a top five fantasy <laughs> running back. Did not work out. Still leads the Seahawks in rushing, which is a troubling stat. He also was,
3: I believe he was top 10 at the end of September in in fantasy.
1: He was in the realm. Uh, The Patriots won't lose another game all year starting in week 10, 2016. Garrett Blount got stopped at the goal line. He did, so that cost you uh, two sandwiches to both Dan uh, one to Dan, one to Mark. The Colts will beat the Jets in a, a meaningless Week 13 game. Sometimes, how these, did that ever come? Well, up? these prop bets sometimes pop up out of nowhere, and I got a, lot of, a little mm. excited about uh, that. Was the, the easiest Jets. sandwich anyone won all year? <laughs> well, we'll see, but it might be <laughs> Wes won one there. Uh, it's an interesting one. Muhammad Sanu will finish 2016 with more touches and total yards than Marvin Jones. Uh, we all took Greg uh, Wes on that, and the breakdown. Was somewhat close. Uh, in fact, Sanu had more catches. I don't know about rushes, but he had more catches outright, 59-55. to 55. But Marvin Jones had nearly 1,000 yards, 930. I'm Su- fine with that one. Sanu I Sanu had San- 653. Sanu had the better
3: season, even if his numbers weren't better, and he was more integral to his offensive success, I think.
1: But you're paying out sandwiches. That's fine. I'm I'm willing to
3: 280 pay. yards, it's not a small margin.
2: Jones won it pretty, pretty easy. Jones Jones did did all of that in September.
1: He was on pace for like a 1,500-yard season through week seven. Uh, Chris Long has more sacks than Chandler Jones in 2016. That one not as close.
3: That was a stupid one. Chris Long
1: finished with four sacks, Chandler Jones 11 and a half, 11 sacks. Um, So that one cost you three sandwiches. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry will combine for more rushing yards than the NFL's rushing leader. Uh, That was correct, but no one took you on it.
3: Uh, um, oh, so we were smart not to take
2: yeah. it. Well,
1: see, I, actually, Greg even lampooned
3: the very notion of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and I was right. And I see Nick Fortier does a great job on gogetmylunch.org. Uh, has this in green. I, I don't think that should be given as a one sandwich if no one takes you on it, right?
3: No, he's well, just we'll saying.
1: Well, to. I was, saying I was it's correct. Correct. right. Yeah. Zeke Elliott wins rookie of the year. You're going to get that. Only Greg took you on it. That was after the year
3: had started and everybody was on the course and went. Oh, that was our halfway or a few weeks
2: into the Mm, year. Yeah, yeah. you're probably going to get that unless people get really crazy and vote Dak. But I'm pretty sure, Zeke, So you you got a sandwich for me on that.
1: Tony Romo starts a game in 2016, Mm. including the playoffs. So this isn't technically over yet. None of us took you on it Uh, right now. He has not started a game and Mm. probably won't. So that that always
2: was an interesting thing when 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 no one takes him on it, and then you know we we
1: weren't smart there. We should have. Uh, Mark even Steven Sessler up had a had a nice season here, twelve and seven. Mark, here we go. Wow, let's get into it. Ben Watson tops eight hundred and twenty-five yards receiving, twenty sixteen. He blew his Achilles in August. I uh, was Stan the only one to take that. I don't. I, don't I think, think I was here for that podcast. I don't remember. I think it was a, a one-on-one scenario, one of those things that just popped. Yes. Up, yeah. Yeah. The Cardinals won't be in the NFC title game. Uh, you got it right, but none of us took you on it because we all agreed. Uh, Tajay Sharp will lead all rookie wide receivers in receptions. Uh, the winner uh, there was by a long shot. Michael Thomas had 92 catches. Wow. Uh, uh, Tajay Sharp had, I believe, 62, something in that range. Uh, I believe number two uh, is Sterling Shar- uh, Shepard, who had – 65. This mm. is all kind of guesswork, but I can. it was not a great year for rookie wide receivers. Uh, if There's someone else in there. I would the, say Sharp had 41. 41, excuse me. Uh, so he did not have a big, big breakout year. Uh,
2: lost three on that.
1: Lost one. That is uh, true. All of us. Marcus Mariota and Blake Bortles will throw more combined touchdowns than Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco. Uh, Greg and myself took you up on that. They did not throw more. How many well. did they throw?
4: The, the, each duo threw forty nine so they also did not throw less
1: they did not throw less, but they threw the same is that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. fascinating
4: but i don't I don't quite see my my thought was that <laughs> we have our
6: first controversy well, no, I, well, I think
1: you
4: lose that that's obvious. Yeah, well, of course, so, Greg would say that, being that on the other well. side of this. But well, you I know who else
2: said it, Nick Fortier.
4: <laughs> I think it's a sandwich that you split down the middle, and Dan and Greg can share half of one half of the sandwich, and I'll take the other half. It is, a, it is a tie. Well, how are You're, we going
2: to come up with a sandwich that both Dan and I, who like food, and you, who do not, you know, enjoy? Well, it, it, we can order
4: two half sandwiches, and then you can split what your head. Well, Mariota
1: and Borders will throw more touchdowns they, I don't they did think not throw more. You're I, not missing anything. I don't that's agree. Cut dried. It's cut well, dry, okay, they, they did not throw less. <laughs> but that's not what it was. It was throw more.
4: All right. I'll give you your sandwiches, you, you <laughs> animals. <staggles>. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, it's it is it's like we can't even see that that's an interesting scenario.
2: We they, talked well, about it. Very interesting. It is, it is not. It was not a. It conversation. is amazing. It's a tie. It was not a conversation. Well, we did not talk about it. Top three sandwiches, Mark, that you, in your life that you that you like. If you, I don't want the sandwich, I don't like <laughs> no, the way no, no. this played out. I just out. want to know three sandwiches that you like to eat.
4: I don't. I couldn't name three. That's I mean, I couldn't care less about rest this whole face, thing. Your this whole Honor. thing is built around the desires of you three. So, for John with it three he to like. eat
1: food. The Seattle Seahawks won't win a playoff game in 2016. I like this one. They got a I don't. Seahawks got a very favorable matchup. Otherwise, Ooh. it would have been a very good looking prop.
4: Right. I don't uh, like
1: how it's going to turn. But out. all three of us took you up on that. So you could lose high. three there.
4: Oh, okay. And
1: then finally. This, see, this one, just for style points, I'd probably wave the sandwich uh, even when we win it. There will be no Super Bowl 51 winner.
4: But that is more of a sure thing than the Seattle one.
1: How about this? Be- so, your record looks good, but you're about to lose. Well, it's a disaster. disaster. I'm Essentially, I'm win. the Lions in Detroit in week
4: 13, is what I know. No, but- Oh, Wait,
1: you're about to finish 12 and 13, even Steven.
4: That's not even. No, 12 be- and 13 are not even. Yeah, but it's 49 and 49 are, and you don't seem to understand that concept either.
1: Well, it wasn't even. Again, we'll throw more, Mark. More.
4: Lions could win. Not the same Lions I could win, like, for you, baby. I don't like the way Remember this, this for the upcoming Oslo. I am going to go discuss- back and listen to that
1: recording to see if there was any more context given. Okay, speaking of even Steven, Greg Rosenthal finished 10 and 10, mm. and this game means more to Greg than anyone else, let's face it. It, 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 it scratches it scratches an itch, if you catch my drift. You're just <laughs> You're just projecting because I'm
2: doing so much better than everyone. That- okay. Well, let's calm down. Oh, uh, let's look at the standings. Uh, I, that's what I'm. Oh yeah, this week.
1: The this Cowboys. Won't win the NFC East in 2016. Well, that, you Sven you know banged. Mr. Hey, hey,
2: speaking of killing segments, the mid season, oh, we don't have anything to do today. Uh, let's just do uh, sandwiches it. at mid season. We got to
1: get rid of that. Not a good look, Greg. We got to get rid of that. This is the first time we ever did that. It's a new rule on the show. You cannot try to kill segments in the middle of a podcast unless you have a replacement <laughs> okay. lined up.
4: Three times in a row, by the way. I just mean the mid-season one. Why? Was, because
1: you lost
2: it? Because that was the worst thing I've ever heard. So why is it I our fault it? that you made a terrible yeah. – you, yeah. like you doubled down on your, your stupid why, yeah, Eagles why did, thing.
4: Why did that come out of your mouth?
2: Because I remember because I threw something else out that was, like, too easy that no one took. I don't mm. remember what. And so I just was trying to be – It's part of, the, part of the game, showing Greg. too much Brio,
1: you're, you're less accountable than Doug Whaley, Greg. <laughs> Oh, actually, I see what it is, and you. Well, we'll get to it. Okay, JPP will have a better season than Mario Williams. Uh, This was based on a a vote, but Wes, you are going to wave the vote process and get this one. I
3: conceded this one at least a month ago, if not even before that, that Mario Williams had disappeared right when Jason Pierre-Paul was starting to have a good season.
1: Mario Williams might even be out of the league next year. is going to get a big contract, uh, so that's a win for Greg. Uh, the Saints or Panthers will make the playoffs.
2: That was the mid-season one, and that's a good memory. That, that, like you guys, everyone was killing. So they both
1: stunk. <laughs>
2: well, no. Here's what. Here's my point. But every the whole reaction. This is. I'm just saying for later. The okay. whole reaction was like, "Oh, what? oh, you guys are just you're just playing it safe, you dummy. We'll never take you up on that. It's, you're not even." You know. So you got goaded into it. That's part of the game. No, my point is, we're what stupid.
1: Is we're stupid. Why I don't understand why you're so upset about this. I, I'm, I'm lost.
2: I,
4: I I like your fire. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> the Saints or
1: Panthers will make the playoffs. No one took you up
2: on it. So right. You know, it Everyone happened. said it was way too obvious that of course one of those teams will make it. That that was my point. Okay. Okay.
1: It's
4: not a good look to have a bunch it. of empty so, brackets here where no no one took you up. I the mean, Broncos
1: I won't make the playoffs in 2016. We all agreed with you, that, that and they sense. didn't make the that playoffs. Well smooth. done. We were plugged in on the Broncos all year. Jameis Winston will finish 2016. This is where you get in trouble. Jameis Winston will finish 2016 in the top five for passing yards. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Nick Fortier has you marked in red, which means a loss. Well, Nick Fort, you know, he did... Dan Mark and West get sandwiches.
2: He was the first uh, player ever to throw for four thousand two. two was, years, but he only finished twelfth. Twelve, amazing four thousand yards. That's twelfth place. Yes, he twelfth. That's is that right? Four thousand ninety. Eli actually went over four thousand. He's
1: thirteenth. Well, mm. that, I mean, that's a future Hall of Famer, West. So we don't think <laughs> four that. yards at a time. Eli went over four thousand. Um, <laughs> there's the uh, the Buccaneers and another NFC South team will make the playoffs. Half right. It's pretty close. Almost. But not quite right. The Bucks uh, could not hold on against the Cowboys Ooh. in Week 15, and then uh, or if they just kind of then. if
2: they just beat the Saints, they would have made the playoffs. The, the Buccaneers cost you six sandwiches, and you knew it as soon as you said it. They got close.
1: All right, now the old Zeuser.
4: I'm going to be I'm going to be watching Dan's introduction to Dan <laughs> very closely here.
1: The <laughs> old Zeuser also 14 and 14, uh, but w-
4: making you also what.
1: Mr. Even, Even Steven. Steven. Even Steven.
4: I was labeled as Even Why Steven. My you... current record is 12 and 7. Well, to be... So that is maligning me when it is actually nice, you are the king, Even Steven, here. You have the most <laughs> wins and losses that are tied. You're...
1: It is you. You're about to be below Even Steven. I was trying to be nice, but okay. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald will finish with under 88 k- catches in 2016. Ooh. Wes and I, uh, that was a little battle. Larry Fitzgerald led the NFL with, I believe, 105? <laughs> seven. And now I will say this. I have no problem losing this bet. I love Larry Fitzgerald, and I still stand behind the logic. that You that didn't is, even
3: want to do it. You that didn't was, even
1: want to be against him this year. That was supposed to be an explosive offense with a bunch of playmakers on at wide receiver, and then he turned out to be the other only one. How do you
3: predict? You, did, you did a great it, job it, there.
2: It's worth <laughs> noting, though, if Dan chooses to predict the, the downfall of an all-time great next season, <laughs> go against him.
1: That's true. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. The Patriots won't have a first round bye in the playoffs. Yeah, banged. Uh th- this is called this <laughs> That was is called... the mid season one too. So you should be with me. No, that was the beginning of the season. Oh, uh, was it? Yes. Either way, come
3: on. That yeah, was, was hanging
1: That was an onion hanger. Greg, Mark, and Wes uh, all tuck me up on it. That was the salaries. easiest one. That was uh, the easiest decision I made in all of them. I hope you're pleased about yourselves.
3: I am. Thank you.
1: The Packers will score over five Wow, you know what's interesting about this one? This that was Horrifically embarrassing halfway through the season. They probably scored about 480 or so, right, by the end of the season? 470? 450? The Packers will score over 530 430 points. 430. 430. So they were 100 <laughs> no, no, points shy. No, no, no. Uh, like three
3: more games away from
1: it. More onion hanging. Fourth? I thought That's good for fourth in the NFL. It's not like they were bad. And they were probably 20th in the NFL in uh, beginning of December. So at least they made it respectable. But, yeah, I thought and uh-huh. a lot of other people thought. That uh by the way, see how I'm being fair about what's going on.
4: You're being Mark? extremely fair. The Packers so I thought far. they would be
1: historic and uh they were not. Okay. Now two AFC West teams, excluding the Broncos, will make the playoffs. Oh, that's Look a at three that. sandwich victory. Look at that beat Greg, Mark, and Wes. Mmm, chomp chomp chomp. That was
3: that was a great call. Good
1: one. Chompy chompy. I,
4: I still think that any time someone offers a one of those kind of sandwich wagers that you take that every time.
2: You, uh, that might be the best one anyone one won. Good. I think that's the
1: best one anyone that's won. That's an accomplishment. You, you win an award. Thank you. Thank you.
4: We'll give you a sandwich. Colts well. beating the Jets might be the best <laughs> one in my book.
1: <laughs> Lamar, you're a, you're a man of me now, Mark.
4: Uh, no, not at all. But, I, that is an I'm honest, for honest reflection.
1: Lamar Miller will finish 2016 with over 1,500 yards from scrimmage. He did not have a great year. I, he was kind of banged by his offense a little bit, and he had um, injuries down the stretch. I think he still finished around 1,300. Uh, But I lost Mark and West. Greg did not take me up on
4: it. I do think, and I'm not saying this in any – I I promise you I'm not saying this as a jab. It it lets jab at the readers and put him in making the leap again for the (laughs) third time next
2: summer. Speaking of things (laughs) like – 1,261 yards, less than he had in the previous two seasons.
1: Yeah. I wish Brock Osweiler wasn't a train wreck. That could have been a different offense.
3: Ooh, you almost got this next Time to segment kill making the leap.
1: The, the Detroit Lions will win the NFC North in 2016. So oh, close. all I needed was a Week 17 oh. victory, and I would have had three sandwiches. I like that you
4: have that happening and the Packers scoring 530 <laughs> points.
1: That's true. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Uh, so close, and yet, uh, so far, cost me three sandwiches uh, from the whole group. Moving on. Let's w-
3: save handsome
1: Hank for last. Okay, moving on. Sydney Carlson. Yes, whenever whenever any of us are in trouble, we could always depend on uh, the predictions from behind the glass. Uh, new money predicted what? Uh, new money. What was your prediction?
5: Uh, that Ziggy Ansah would lead the league in sacks.
1: And here's the thing. This was the perfect year to pick someone like a Ziggy Ansa to lead the league. So I think all you needed was 14.
3: 15 and a half, Vic Beasley. Yeah.
1: 15 and a half. It was not, usually it's it's in the range of 18 to 21 in that in that area. Uh, but this year was a little on the lower side. But how many, Sid, uh, did Ziggy Ansa finish with? Two whole sacks, Two sacks guys. So Whoa! Sacks. That cost you four sandwiches. Yeah, it did. Um, so, well, but he- here's the thing. You're infinitely rich. So, <laughs> what does it matter to you all? Yeah, I
4: typically feel guilty pie. about the producer having to buy food
3: for us at all, but not this time. Yeah, please. Four right. sandwiches is not enough. Well, well standards still so sends us sandwiches like once every few months, even though he doesn't even owe us any anymore.
1: <laughs> That's true. All right. And uh, finally, uh, can we get Handsome Hank on the phone? We've got to discuss some business. I sure think. He's in his office. He has a third floor office now. Oh, yeah. You guys aware of that? Oh, yes. Hello. Handsome Hank, what's up? Or Henry Hodgson, excuse me. Welcome Hello. to the Around the NFL podcast. Wow, thank you, Dan. Um, that's
5: nice. <laughs> <laughs> How are things doing on uh, the third floor? Uh, it's, it's good, thank you. I just had my lunch delivered to me, um, <laughs> as Mark can attest to, and, and uh, yeah, so life life's pretty good.
1: All right, so we're going through all the go-get-my-lunch props, and there's one as anyone that uh, follows us both on Twitter is aware of. Um, that there's some, there's some heat about one of these props, and it was the one that you had this season. It was just between you and I, so mm-hmm. let's figure it out. Um, no free agent quarterback, uh, Henry predicted, and that was a group uh, that included RG3, Sam Bradford, Colin Kaepernick, Brock Osweiler, Chase Daniel, and Ryan Fitzpatrick will lead their team to the playoffs. And um, luckily for me, Brock Osweiler of the Texans took uh, his team to the postseason, what? so that's sandwich. For he me. took
5: his team to the postseason.
1: Well, he was the quarterback of the Texans. They are in the playoffs. He's starting in the playoff game, so that is a sandwich for me. He,
5: but he, he was the quarterback when they made the playoffs. Uh, he was the quarterback for
1: essentially ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the season. Um, he had a little hiccup not, with his not play,
5: specifically when they made the playoffs.
1: But well, well, no, maybe not that one game when he got benched.
5: But and now he's and now he you, you say he's playing in What the does it matter game? that he's, he's playing play now against
1: the Raiders because he is
5: because he's the leader of the offense or because um, the quarterback that they chose ahead of him
1: got concussed So who led who led the <laughs> Texans to the playoffs Randy Bullock Tom Savage was the the starting quarterback when they made the playoffs. What does lead mean?
3: Savage pulled them out of Osweiler's mess against the Jaguars, and that's why they're in the playoffs. Do you you mind if I inject some common sense into this? The Texans literally made the playoffs in spite of Brock Osweiler.
1: Sure. In spite of. Wes, you're not breaking news that Brock Osweiler stinks.
3: All right. Well, I think it's beneath you to take this position.
1: (laughs) No. Here's the thing. (laughs) This is a lesson for, for Hank. All right. So listen, Hank. And I know you probably have the power to fire me. You're
5: delivering messages, a a message
1: and a lesson for me. Here's the lesson, okay? (laughs) Right. When you do sandwich props, and this was your first one, one of the most important parts of it is the wording of it all. And uh, by saying that no free agent Cubate will lead their team to the playoffs, lead is nebulous. And Damashek downstairs sided with me on this. And, uh, and so,
5: but, so, if it's nebulous, how are you claiming a victory?
1: <laughs>
5: because,
1: because isn't it nebulous for everyone?
5: Or well, I'm saying you, but it is nebulous for I'm me. saying you. You're a
1: nebulous. You, you have a nebulous viewpoint on it because you don't know exactly what that means. You can't tell. I me neither that you. Means. I do. It means he's on the team. And my point. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Is he's in my viewpoint. Team. He's on the That's team. All That's all the, the qualification. now. Braxton yeah. yeah. Miller's on the team too. He's the quarterback. No free agent quarterback. Will lead their team. He's on the team now. I, I'm. He's on the team. That's all they have to do. Hey, is listen. Be on the team. You are, I, you're Mr. Nebulous. What do you want from me? I don't really <laughs> buy into
2: Wes's thing totally that they dragged him to the playoffs. But it doesn't matter. Which
3: actually did I, happen. They dragged.
2: Brock no, I get Brock it. <laughs> but I don't think it needs to be subjective. The, the fact is, he was benched, and he was no longer the quarterback in the two games the comeback victory against Jacksonville and the week that clinched the playoffs. He was no longer right. the quarterback when they clinched the playoffs, so it's a cut and dry. There's no subjectivity about so it. Then the and, props and Greg, should have
5: been. Greg, more than that, Dan, you know, he he basically, last week he capitulated and said, yeah, it looks like <laughs> you won this one because Brock Osweiler did not lead them to the playoffs, but then suddenly, Erroneous. Come, Monday, come Monday morning, when it was announced <laughs> that Tom Savage would, be, would not be able to play in a playoff game, Dan suddenly brings it back
1: ah. up again, as though he has, not, has, but, a, has a live uh-oh. argument again. Henry, Henry is, is a third floor. Come back to us, and, Dan. And so, <laughs> and sometimes people on the third floor, they get up there because they're a little cunning, and sometimes <laughs> you know they do things to get ahead. And Whoa. in this case, uh, Henry's Whoa. lying. He's lying straight, straight out. What? I said in your office, we will let uh, an independent arbiter decide this. And then you I, went to Wes, who is out to get Brock Osweiler for the about the last five months. Who's been more right about Brock Osweiler than me? I suggest I suggested. It's about me. <laughs> I suggested Damashek. He He's went out to get me. Uh, well, I, well, we'll get to that. Uh, but you shot that down. Why don't we have a vote of the your listeners of the Around the NFL podcast? Let them decide.
5: I, that that would work for me. That would work for me. Okay.
2: Well, I like that. You're being too kind, Henry. Now, even though you have logic and reason on your well, side. Well, I think uh,
5: the good news is that you're... around the NFL podcast listeners who are all an incredibly intelligent bunch <laughs> will have now heard this conversation and will be able to make their minds up based on on a good argument and one which is, has, is spurious and all over the place. Nebulous.
1: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> wait, you mentioned, like, sometimes people get to the third floor by cunning and, yeah. and all that. Could you just? Name some examples.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I'll, I'll leave to the listeners before we move on. Uh, it was not who was the quarterback when a team clinched a playoff berth. It was the quarterback uh, who will lead the team, nebulous term.
5: Into the playoffs.
1: Into the into the playoffs. Right. It was he not, was the starter for eight of their nine wins. So that This is not part of the question. And, this is your argument. And is yeah. now the starter. It uh, was uh, not which quarterback will
3: lead the team into the bowels of hell. <laughs>
1: it was the playoffs. It does, I mean, that has nothing to do with the prop. you got to separate your feelings about Brock Osweiler as a player.
3: As I said in the newsroom, I remember when Trent Richardson led the Colts to the playoffs while he got benched. Mm, it's that's... the same thing. It's it's a ridiculous position to this take, is... and I appeal to our listeners for common sense, which is missing in half of this discussion. This, is,
5: this one,
2: Wes. This one has really gotten under Wes's skin. Wes because I Wes...
3: hate... Not using common sense. It just doesn't make yeah, any listen, sense whatsoever. Against Brock to claim Osweiler. Brock Osweiler the worst quarterback you your boys without a LA. doubt in the NFL this season, led the Texans to the playoffs. Don Elway it got is it right. An insult to common I sense. I hate
1: Brock Osweiler. <sighs> I'm Wes. You know, come on. You're not independent on in this.
3: I think it. Was, I, yeah, I think you should probably from here on out, you should be the one standing in Brock Osweiler's cor- corner, and I hope not he ends up being the Jets' starting quarterback. <laughs>
1: He is not he is not a good quarterback but under the terms uh, uh, of this sandwich prop I believe I am the winner but the well the listeners decide and I will I will whatever it comes out I will stand by that I will oh, say wow. that
4: the, one of the one of the favorite things How Trump of you on earth well, is any but. sort of henry and uh dan beef it is fantastic <laughs> because you think out of the gate that Dan's taking control. And then suddenly Henry starts to throw flaming daggers back at everyone. And uh, then Dan, co- it's, everyone. it's excellent. Well, wow, I love it.
1: Um, Henry, speaking of uh, daggers, uh, you threw one at your uh, podcast co-host Dave Damashek <laughs> in a tweet last week uh, when you, th- you congratulated us on our 500th show. And then you uh, said that we are we have the best podcast, which was very nice of you. Thank you. But of course, that led to a major schism within your uh, ranks.
5: Well, look, I mean, I'm as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I, I've been a supporter since day one. I, I love to listen to every show. Uh, we we you and I talk back and forth about it. Yeah. And I, I just was, you know, I was excited. You guys got to number five hundred, and and I wanted to help you celebrate. And D- Dave saw things differently. Well,
1: I mean. Dave's not happy. Well, he's, you're, not, he's not happy. Well, we appreciate but, the support, and yeah. we are many. will take it. There's four of us.
5: Yeah, exactly. A- um, a- and, and I know that you guys, apart from Dan, apparently will stand behind me in, <laughs> in any conversation I have with Dave
1: about this. No, absolutely. Unless
5: Dave changes his mind, in which case Dan will stand behind me.
1: Well, there's a chance now, because I brought this up, the anger will transfer to me, um, and you'll be off the hook, and I will be the one getting, getting I- frozen out. I think out. you're we'll
5: flattering yourself if you think Dave listens to your podcast.
1: Well, no, he hears. It's called Twitter. It's called Twitter. <laughs> okay. By the way, all right, I'm I'm done with you. You're done. That's it. What do you mean? <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Henry. On the show.
5: Great speaking to you guys. Thank you for common sense from the
1: room. Bye bye. Here's Bye-bye. one. Of, here's one of the great things about the old Zeuser. I don't care if it's four against one. If I believe in my cause, I'll take you all on. At this. All point, three of you in here. The Englishman upstairs. I just like. I the, believe in what I believe.
4: I just enjoyed the inflammatory. Uh, Back and forth between you two. I'm not really yeah.
2: bought into who. Can, again, it's sandwiches. Give me a break. I just enjoy that Dan created a new sound drop for himself. Here's the great thing about the old Zeus. Oh, <laughs>
3: put that on the board. Get that one ready. The confusing part is I'm still not sure if you believe the position you've taken.
1: Well, listen, a little nebulous, isn't it? Hashtag show business. Let's
2: move on. He says people don't believe in their own take. <laughs> you want to
1: well, talk about He. <laughs> One of the great Let's all-time heat moments of the show is, is whenever Wes challenges uh, Greg's sincerity with something he says, that gets under Greg's skin.
3: Well, I may have been wrong about some of Greg's positions, but I really am confused as to whether you're <laughs> taking this position. Or... Hey, I feel like it's gonna, as soon as this show's over, you're going to forget it ever happened.
1: Ah, maybe, maybe not. Right okay. now, I stand by it. Okay. Absolutely. I see you That's standing by it at this point right this now. This is
3: like Mark's
4: uh, Bob Costas look. <laughs> no, that is not accurate, but we don't have time to get into that. All
1: right. Before we go, speaking of beefs, oh, this is turning into a beef fest, a beefaroni. Um, Mark, you, you had uh, approached the group, and, uh, or at least me, and said, hey, I got something I got to straighten out uh, with uh, my boss, who is yeah. not Greg anymore, but David Ely, our downstairs news editor, um, and uh, I figured, you know, let's let's talk it out right here. Get get Dave on the line. Yes. Uh, it Would it be fair to lob grenades at Dave without him having a chance to answer to it? Nor would I. So let's get let's call downstairs to the newsroom. Hopefully, there's no break. Is there any breaking news right now, Greg? I don't see any now. Okay, so he should be able to talk with us.
6: This is Dave.
1: Ely, what's up? Dan Hansis, the Around the NFL podcast. How you doing, buddy?
6: Oh, I'm doing good, man. Just a uh, busy, busy old day at the newsroom.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure you're very busy, man. I'm going to get out of the way here. Uh, Mark Sessler would like to speak with you and uh, set something straight. So uh, here's Mark.
4: Well, uh, hi, Dave. Um, I don't, you know, I didn't want this to happen in a way where we would just be up here piling on uh, our soup. My supervisor and Wes's supervisor. That didn't seem like the kosher way to handle this. But <laughs> a little something happened earlier today,
1: and thought we could uh, could discuss that.
6: Okay, yeah. Where are you,
1: by the way, Dave? Can you get somewhere where there's a little bit of, uh, less background noise?
6: Uh, you want me to step away? I'm just, I'm in the middle of here. I'll turn my TV, TV down. You know, I'm trying That's to taste that would
1: help. up to the middle yeah. live.
6: we okay.
1: um, were just trying to be so, professional. So a lot, lot, of, lot of moving
6: pieces going on right now. Ely,
1: there. this is important, though. So here we go. All right, go ahead. All
4: right, so to break it down, and, I mean, Ely's been a very fair boss and uh, you know, really had no issues on any level with him until this morning when I was tasked with writing – a pretty mundane Lions-Seahawks playoff preview, which, you know, was a nuts and bolts piece, did the best I could with it, added a little personality, but came out of it thinking, why not a, why not a great time to use a completely a different byline than my own name, which, uh, you know, I think is a completely fair thing to do. I, wasn't, I didn't really want necessarily my name attached to it. So I sent it into the desk and, and asked them to please assign the name Tammy Kim Grimes. Tammy dat Tammy hyphen Kim yeah. Grimes uh, I believe to the that was post. The
6: third iteration of the fake name, right?
4: Well, I went through a couple different names, which I workshopped actually with Dave over our IM client. Okay. So he was aware this wasn't catching him by surprise. Other writers on the thing thought it was a good idea and okay. it was forward thinking, and uh, you know sent it in. And that's it. Did not go well from there.
6: Yeah. Well, I thought I thought we were just joking around. So once I caught wind that you actually serious about this endeavor, I had to kind of. Put an end to it. I mean, I have. Uh, first off, I want to make sure that you get the metrics for this uh, this banger that's going to hit the internet on uh, Thursday morning. So uh, I'm trying to look out for you. Mm. Numbers. Hmm.
1: But
2: Why? Why are you holding it until Thursday morning? He already sent it in. You get a whole another day of, of uh, oh, wow. leadership, Great. Greg, I'm
6: not, Greg. I'm not, sure how you did things when you were in charge of wow. a plan and a rollout to things and everything like that. So just started the put it up. Game's come out Thursday. The Sunday game's come out Friday.
2: Well, one thing I know is that the name on top of the articles didn't really make a big difference. You know, people are either clicking or not.
4: Well, I don't like to hear that particularly from <laughs> I, either I my former or current boss. I I think it's just it was my choice. I'm not I'm not looking for metrics when i'm saying make this an article by tammy kim grimes and you know i don't know if you ever heard of someone named samuel Langhorn clemens but he was given <laughs> full you know entree to create a false name for his writing a pen name if you will but i feel a tad stifled by my current uh supervisor in this dynamic
6: uh, I'm, I'm sorry if you felt my uh My uh, foot was a little too stern. But, you know, sometimes bosses have to make uncomfortable decisions.
3: You have made some excellent points, Ely. Unfortunately, precedent is working against you in this situation. Throughout the 2013 season, under leadership of one Greg Rosenthal, we were permitted to write articles that had on the byline Lyle, the Around the NFL intern. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Particularly disgraceful content that we didn't want anything to do with.
6: Let's just put a. You know, I mean, much like uh, most uh, NFL teams are shaking things up this time of year, I mean, I feel like maybe there's a need to shake up the around the NFL uh, section and kind of add <laughs> some uh, <laughs> a, a certain level of professionalism that wasn't wow. present in the Kyle era.
5: Whoa, Whoa. Greg! I will, I'll that. now hand
2: this beef over to Greg and Ely. Yeah. Really. It's Beef Fest 2017, Greg. <laughs> that, is that David Ely or or Josh McDaniels with the, the Broncos? You know, Whoa! Sometimes, sometimes you got to know. You gotta know what what's gonna you know upset a guy. What's gonna make them a little happier to to be working? You know, it's called nuance. Know which battles to pick. Is this really that big of a deal? Do I want to upset uh, such a hard worker like Mark Sessler? Is it worth it? Maybe I could have a little fun in life. Much less Tammy Kim Grimes.
6: <laughs> I believe that we've had plenty of fun in the scene. I mean, I, I just I thought that. Um... I mean, this, this, this decision has been made. I mean, there's, there's, there's no wiggle room here. Mark Sessler's name will be on that story in, oh, bold. I,
3: I was, in bold. I was having fun until I was dismayed to learn that I'm simply a number under your leadership.
1: <laughs> I, I,
6: I, I, I thought I said that uh, Mark Sessler was a destination, and I believe that Chris Wesley author was a destination. All right. So there's well, Value in that name. And, and,
1: and well. Ilie's defense. First of all, he agreed to come on. He Second did. of all, he—you have to have a, a code as a boss, and you have to lay down the rules. He's what he's doing here. He's saying this is how it's going to be. And the old boss, I didn't think was necessarily competent, and I'm changing things. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I have to. That's, ex- that's how I heard it. I have to accept what you know his ruling. I'm not here to you know create further controversy. I, I am a slightly disappointed, but I accept it.
6: Okay. You right. know. You know we're going to play aggressive on defense. We're going to attack the sticks. <laughs> we're going to try to win some games. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, Dave. And
3: we're going to keep Mike Schulle as our offensive coordinator.
1: <laughs> uh,
6: God help. God willing. All right. David Ely, All right.
1: thank you for joining right, us. Have a good one. All right. That's enough navel gazing for uh, one show. But we we got to the bottom of it. We, it was, you know, again, uh, Mark and, and Wes working under Ealy. It's a solid dynamic, but also one fraught with a bit of tension. And that, again, bubbled up today. And then, of course, there's the dynamic of the old boss and the new boss. There's more heat there as well. Much more, I think. Yeah. Shouldn't be. And I'm just on a perch, kind of watching it all,
3: <laughs> or like in eat. the middle of the pot, stirring it, potentially. <laughs> all right,
1: that's it for uh, Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Remember, we will, you know, vote on the uh, prop between Hank and I. Side with the true common sense, uh, a true common man, the old Zeuser uh, <laughs> from a coal town, or you could side with a guy uh, that grew up in Oxford. Uh, you know, is that even true? Uh, you know, um, but this is really isn't about regional uh, upbringings. It's it's about the truth and and who deserves a sandwich. And I believe I do. It uh, took took Dan
3: only fifty nine minutes to get xenophobic on the podcast.
1: The old <laughs> the old zoo, sir. Um, you know, four against one, not a problem if you believe what you believe.
4: I I don't even know where you're getting four against one, but I, there, I, you well, let's not stop the myth building at this point.
1: Uh, we will be back on Thursday with a preview of the wild card round of the playoffs. So make sure uh, you check in with us, and we we might have another old friend join us at some point during the show. Um, But uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you leave reviews and star ratings on iTunes, and uh, hopefully just a little teaser, or uh, we're hoping this will also be on Periscope, the Thursday show. uh, So keep your eye out for that. Okay, until... This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. He's the mailman. He is the old boss. And new money behind the glass. Tell Thursday.